Have you ever been told that you'd be great at sales because you're such a people person? Have you ever wondered if you could enjoy a career in sales being introverted? Today's session of sales therapy is for you. Welcome to session four of sales therapy. We are your hosts, Jonathan Post and Lanier Ward. And our heart for this podcast is to catch other people who are standing at the intersection of faith, family, and a sales career, and try to provide some wisdom and perspective from some of the lessons we've learned the hard way so that you can hopefully avoid some of those issues that we've dealt with. By no means are we famous. We aren't the top ranked professionals in our respective fields. We're just two guys who have wrestled with keeping our priorities straight as we pursue sales careers and who are inviting you into our conversations. In today's session, Lanier and I are going to talk about three things. We're gonna discuss, uh, does success in sales depend on whether or not you're extroverted versus introverted? Can people's skills be learned or are they purely a natural gift? And most importantly, are neckties dead? No, no way. Neckties are not dead because if neckties were dead, what would our kids get us for Father's Day? And without any further ado, sales therapy is now in session. Linear, what's what would you say? What's the most annoying thing that you've been told that makes a person successful in sales? I think it's this idea that you should never take no for an answer. Just always keep pushing past the no. Get the yes. Keep going. Because I think that concept is is kind of what makes consumers dislike salespeople so much. I think it's why people don't look at us and think, wow, that's a job that's really worth a lot of my respect is because people, they really may just be looking. Like it's okay for someone just to be looking or just to be browsing or just to be shopping. And yet some salesperson comes up and says, no, I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm going to get you to buy something. Just that whole idea that we should try and get people to do something that they're not comfortable doing because it looks good for our numbers. I think that does a lot of damage. I think it actually kind of invalidates your your long-term success, even if you do get some short-term results, because people aren't going to want to do business with you again if that's how they feel afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I was going to ask you why you think that annoys you so much, but I sort of feel like you you nailed that one. Yeah. I, I, I think it's just an uphill fight every day to get people to think that you're not sleazy if you're in a sales position. And I think it's because of those kind of tactics. Yeah, absolutely. So how about for you? What's what's like that sales training saying that everyone's heard that just really gets under your skin? The whole show up early and go home late mantra. You know, the idea that if you basically sell your soul to your job by getting there super early and, and doing whatever it takes in the evenings and at night to grow your business, it's kind of silly to me. Um, you know, I've worked for a lot of, or not a lot, but I've worked for a couple of companies, um, you know, that want you to give it your all. And it's one of their core beliefs. So it's, you know, it's normal to just assemble rank and file. Um, but what I've learned is doing so, unfortunately, doesn't allow for any balance in your life. Um, you know, like I mentioned, I've worked for some companies that expected that out of their salespeople. You you really either chose them or your family. And, you know, I finally realized with one job in particular uh, that I was making the wrong choice. And so if you go, 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 like I did, you know, ultimately you end up finding yourself in the same place I was, burnout. Um, and I'll be the first to tell y'all that burnout is the real deal, y'all. 
So how, how did you recognize you were burnout? Because I think some people just think, well, I gotta, I gotta push through this. I gotta keep going. What, what made you say like, no, this isn't healthy for me? Sure. That's a great question. And I was that, I was one of those people. I was like, no, it's okay. Let's just keep pushing. Let's keep pushing. Um, but for me, you know, I was extremely irritable. Um, and the things that I really once loved about my job, I started hating. Uh, I think I mentioned this maybe on a past episode uh, where I was just talking to myself, but I was fortunate enough to take a few months off from work prior to taking my current job. And so while I loved every minute of being off and, and spending time with my wife and, and our girls, sleeping in and whatnot, you know, I really wish I hadn't needed that much time to recoup. And so I think it's really important to find true balance between our work and our personal lives. Well, we didn't introduce ourselves until episode two. So now in episode four, I think we'll go ahead and do the introduction that really matters in the sales world. Uh, my name is Linear Ward, and I'm an INTJ, Disc S, Belief Harmony, Type 9, Wing 8. And uh, I'm just going to stick with I'm Jonathan. Oh, okay. Well, that's good enough. That works. <laughs> For any of you out there that have gone through extensive job searches, you know exactly what we're talking about because the sales world is just so full of all these different personality type exams. Every company you interview with wants you to take some kind of personality exam. Maybe it's their own one. I've taken some proprietary ones from companies that spent a whole lot of money on this tool that they think is going to tell them exactly who you are and exactly how you'll fit. Um, other companies use the personality assessments that kind of feel like the sorting hat from from Harry Potter. Like you sit down at Gryffindor, Slytherin, but instead it's like disc I, disc S. And because of that disc I, they're just like, hey, if you're an I, your job is sales. We need you out in front of people. This time it's like, oh no, you're, you're an I instead of an E in Myers-Briggs. You're an introvert. Well, how about we stick you back in accounting where you don't have to talk to other people? So kind of like, Milton Wadhams from Office Space, the have you seen my stabler guy? Yeah, he doesn't need to interact with people. He needed to be back in accounting somewhere. <laughs> yeah, so I think the obvious question out of this is, is there, is there a perfect combination of, you know, Myers-Briggs, DISC, Strength Finders, Enneagrams, all of that, that really creates the perfect sales professional? I do think it's really funny to to think about like somebody sitting back in a lab somewhere just running computer models on like, okay, we're going to make them an Enneagram 3 because everyone loves them. We're going to make them a D from DISC uh, because they're really assertive. They'll get things done. And we're going to tweak their Myers-Briggs. We're going to make them ENFP and their top strength is going to be woo. They're going to nail that soft close. Like somebody just back in a lab trying to create the perfect salesperson out of all those. <laughs> the creators of Myers-Briggs must have also authored Chicka Chicka Boom Boom. You know, the A told B and B told C, I'll meet you at the top of the coconut tree. It really is like a federal government level of alphabet soup. Like, let's just put an acronym behind it and call it good. Exactly. And if you haven't read Chicka Chicka Boom Boom, there's probably two, uh, two reasons. Either A, you don't have kids, or B, somehow you've managed to escape that. Um, and I, if you have, I have no idea. But uh, anyways... Um, there's definitely no such thing as a perfect personality uh, type in sales. I do believe, however, that there are uh, skills that every sales professional shares, but no two people in sales should want to be completely the same. Um, I personally think that's kind of boring. Why? Uh, well, because I would say, you know, reason one is 
your best bet is to is really to be true to yourself. Um, in my experience, the fastest way to burn out and hating your job is is ultimately trying to be someone you're not. Um, I, you know, I always think about the story of David and Goliath uh, when David was given um, uh, uh, Saul's armor and to try to fight Goliath and. David ultimately was like, yeah, I, I can't wear all this stuff. Like it's, it's too big. It's clunky. I'm going to just stick with my, my slingshot and, and my stones. Um, you know, and so that kind of brings me into my, my, I would say reason number two is consumers come in all personality types, uh, and not all they want to deal with, with one type of person. There's no doubt that there's positives to being an extrovert in the sales world. I mean, there's a reason that people think people, people, <laughs> Are, are going to be good at sales. Um, but I don't think it's the only way to be successful because extroverts are definitely more likely to be kind of the life of the party. They're more likely to have the the big network that they can draw from, all those things. But guess who can really struggle to deal with that life of the party extrovert type of person? Somebody that's really quiet and introverted. That can be a little overwhelming for them. They can feel like that person's steamrolling them. And Jonathan, that's one of the reasons that I'm really glad that, that we're doing this together is, is because especially this particular issue, like we're coming at it from opposite sides, pretty much opposite sides of the spectrum on that one. Um, the last person that I want to be at a networking event, the last person that I'm going to be drawn to go start a conversation with is that loud kind of life of the party. Everybody wants to talk to that person. I, I'm going to kind of stay away and kind of work my way around the edges and find the other people that don't look super comfortable being there. Um, I'm kind of an ambivert. I can kind of turn it on when I need to. And and I think it comes in handy to kind of be, it's going to sound silly, but like the most extroverted of the introverts. I can kind of gather the introverts together and and we can hang out. Yeah, so Linear, I, I can't really tell if you just insulted me or not. <laughs> not my intention. But because of one trait extroverts uh, seem to have is sometimes being oblivious to what's going on around them. So I'm just going to keep going. Perfect. Awesome. So it's funny because when I've, you know, as I've gotten older, uh, I've definitely changed from being extremely extroverted uh, to being more of, I guess, kind of like an introverted extrovert. Um, you know, I've, I have been known to enjoy being the center of the party, the life of the party, the center of attention, you know, however you really want to de define it. Um, I definitely never meet a stranger. I tend to ask people questions about themselves that uh, maybe I probably shouldn't after only knowing them for five minutes. <laughs> um, but I just, I, I hate chit chat. I don't, uh, I don't enjoy small talk for very long. Um, because I love learning about what makes people tick, what they're passionate about, you know, how has their, their journey in life gotten them where they are to, to the day that we met, stuff like that. Um, and just talking about it, it's getting me excited. <laughs> but if you're like me, you really, you do have to learn how to pace yourself um, because being outgoing is, is great. You know, when meeting new people and, and really also dealing with a rejection. Uh, but in my experience, you know, when you're doing this over and over without taking any time to take care of yourself, you know, whether it's physically, mentally, um, you know, emotionally and spiritually, that's what I've experienced ultimately leads to the burnout that we've talked about. And so, uh, you know, I think, I really think there's some great principles from scripture that tie into this. So let's go ahead and, and bring in this week's Holy Hustle.
when we talk about personality types and whether one's better than another, I, I immediately think of First Corinthians chapter twelve. Uh, that that whole chapter talks about how God gifted people differently, but he he made it so that our gifts work together to form a functional body. And the real core of it is laid out in verses eighteen to twenty. It says, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Now, I want to put in the caveat, this was, of course, written about how we form the church and how everyone's unique gifts are significant and valuable. Um, So I'm not saying that this was written like to salespeople. It it was not. But I do think we can easily take some of that that wisdom and apply it to our careers. Because I think a lot of times we kind of trap ourselves in thinking, well, you know, I could have better numbers. I could close more business if I had that person's public speaking ability. Or, you know what, if I was born into that rich family and all my friends grew up at the country club too, I would definitely sell way more than that person does. But none of that's helpful. None of it gets you anywhere. God made you the way he made you. And it wasn't an accident. He did it on purpose. So instead of wasting a lot of time and effort wishing that we had that person's abilities or or this person's network, whatever it is, we could be getting really in touch with the gifts that God has given us and really looking into how we can use those as the foundation of our careers. You know, the only thing I'd like to add to that linear is, you know, sales is a big industry and there are ways to learn skills that can help you become successful in sales uh, and in a sales career if that's what you want. When I started out, I was thrown right into dealing with buyers in an industry that can get pretty complex pretty quickly. Um, And I recently made a pretty big change in my career after a decade on the front lines of sales. And and it was tough, but, you know, I think this really ties well into 1 Corinthians 12 because I was holding on to being one part of the body when I obviously had changed. Yeah, it's interesting. It's not just an external like, oh, I wish I was that person. I wish I had this person's thing. It can also be holding on to somebody that you used to be. Right. I think it's important to know that uh, you know, I think in the in the church world, we talk about this a lot, but it's, you know, there's different seasons of life. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, one thing that I have learned over time is sometimes a season is a month, uh, a couple weeks. Sometimes it's a decade. And, you know, God's going to call to you and, and put something on your heart that it's going to let you know, you know, it's, it's it, in, in my case, it was just things uh, specifically in my career where uh, between him and my wife and friends that ultimately was like, Hey, listen, I know you really want to be the loud voice, but I really need you just, I need you now to be the brain. So Jonathan, one of the things that's come up on the podcast before is as you were kind of getting towards making some career decisions, as you were in college, you had a number of different people tell you, Oh, you got to be in sales. Like you should definitely do that before you're ever even really thinking about that. So what do you think it was that people saw in you that made them say, oh, you got to be in sales? Oh, it was for sure my outgoing insecurities. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, personality. Yeah. Outgoing personality. We'll fix that in post. We'll we'll, we'll edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) But for real. So that that outgoing personality that a lot of people saw in you and and thought would lend itself towards sales, obviously there's some natural tendencies that, that were there are there any things that you kind of have had to temper or any things that you've kind of had to work on and adjust as you've gotten into your sales career? Networking with people, you know, are usually pretty fast conversations. 
if you've done it for any length of time, you kind of have your go-to questions. And since you've asked them enough, at least in my case, I started to understand like, all right, I know asking this question is going to lead to this, you know, an answer that's similar to this. It's going to take about this much time. And so, um, you know, I have an idea of at least how long a conversation is going to last. But move that conversation from a networking event to a boardroom and everything changes. I mean, everything. Your palms are sweaty. These weak arms are heavier. There's mom spaghetti. There's mom spaghetti on your sweater already. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it, it does. It goes from having a lighthearted conversation to something that's much more serious. And so being able to make someone feel important, you know, get them to, to laugh uh, a time or two is a lot different than getting that same person to trust you mm. and to trust you enough to do, to do business with you. And so that was an area that I spent a lot of time training on. Uh, and in linear, I, I was thinking about this last night as I was kind of looking, looking back at this question and preparing for today is, you know, I, I say I spent hundreds of hours, but really I think it was thousands of hours Mm. going through this stuff, um, through role plays, fumbling over my words, going through different situations that were oftentimes extremely uncomfortable, but I did it because I knew that once I got, you know, into the arena for per se, is that if that situation came up, I really wanted to go ahead and already be prepared for it. Um, and I can tell you that every situation that I practice at some point came up. Yeah. In a real life meeting. Well, I come at it from a, a, a little bit of the opposite side where I didn't really have anybody saying, oh, you should definitely be in sales. That just, my personality apparently makes me really bad at it, I guess. Yeah, I can think of other things that you'd be great at, <laughs> but good for you. But But I think that becoming proficient at just about anything there's a level of natural ability, but there's also a level of hard work that's needed. It's never going to be purely one or the other. I don't, I don't think there's just a natural born salesperson out there that doesn't also have to work really hard to find success. And I don't think there's somebody out there that can only work hard at it and just have awful people skills and probably find success either. I think there has to be a mix in there. Now, Jonathan, you see a room full of people and you get excited about connecting with them and finding out more about them and asking them inappropriate questions within five minutes. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I was trying to come up with some, for, for something to combat, combat that, but that's pretty accurate. <laughs> but no, you, you see that room and you're like, oh, that's a room full of people that I have an opportunity to connect with and, and go deeper with. And I see that room full of people and I want to find a different room to go in. That, that's my response. <laughs> but here, here's the deal. Over the last couple of years, I've learned that I have to force myself into that room. Here's the real kind of kicker of it. I, I think if you're not a great people person and you're not willing to be uncomfortable and force yourself to grow in that area, it's probably going to be a pretty tough road for you in sales. You don't have to be a natural people person but you do have to be willing to at least make yourself kind of wade into that discomfort and, and work on it. Because if you're never going to be willing to do that, I don't know where the sales are going to come from. Yeah. There's two, there's two sayings that have always stuck through me or stuck with me uh, through my career in sales. And those two are get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that change is the only constant in life. Um, and I think those two phrases kind of define a career in sales 
pretty wholeheartedly. Yeah, I think the people that are best at being uncomfortable typically have the longest, most fruitful sales careers. I don't think there's any part of this job, whatever you're selling, there's no part of it that doesn't come with confronting your insecurities. That That's just a major part of this career. Sure. And, you know, and kind of back to the reference of David and Goliath is, you know, after that, David really, he already knew who he was, but I think his identity definitely grew. And then obviously you see him go on to being a king and reign and all the things that he was able to accomplish with the favor of the Lord. And I think that sales is is a refining tool for people. And again, it's not something for everybody. Um, just like, you know, I would be a horrible accountant. Um, but I think that through, uh, through an experience in sales and whatever capacity is, it is a very, um, it mirrors, you know, iron sharpening iron uh, and growing in your, in who you are and, and truly learning a lot about yourself because you find yourself, you know, and I don't know about you and I'm curious to hear your, your response to this, but I think you find yourself in a lot of situations where your character gets tested, uh, your, your faith gets tested, um, and, you know, just priorities in general. And, and so you have to, you know, have a quick response for why you believe what you believe. Yeah, it's going to get tested, I'd say, almost on a weekly basis, because in the sales world, especially on, on my side of it, where you're a self-employed independent contractor, there is no accountability. Uh, you're accountable to you, and that's about it. And for me, if I get in really big trouble, I guess I'm accountable to the Georgia Real Estate Commission. That hasn't happened yet, thank goodness. Um, but, on wood. but there's just no, there's nobody watching. And so every time you make that decision on, am I going to do what's right or am I going to do what's wrong? There's really no one watching except you. Well, that's all we've got time for on today's session of sales therapy. Wherever you are on that spectrum of extroverted, introverted, whatever Enneagram type you are, we hope that this conversation has helped you understand that there is a place for you in the sales world. There's no perfect type out there. So be authentic to who you are. Number one, you'll sleep better at night. And number two, I really do believe you'll be able to forge your own path to success. Send us your questions. If we can help even just one person out, it'll be totally worth every hour that we've spent putting this show together for you. Um, you can reach us at salestherapypod at gmail.com. And then we can also be found on all the socials at salestherapypod. So we've got kids on spring break this week here in Georgia. So we're going to take next week off. We will be back in two weeks to talk about the unicorn in the life of a salesperson. Balance. Is it actually possible to find balance when your job doesn't have a punch clock, your family demands are growing, and you want to have time to maintain some of the hobbies and practices that are central to who you are? Well, we don't know, <laughs> but we're going to talk about it anyways in a couple weeks. This is Lanier. And this is Jonathan. And we will see you at our next session.